people better uh, as uh, the Lord just loves me through her. And um, anyway, I just uh, can't say enough about how much she loves you guys too. So anyway, we just love you guys. It's just an honor to serve with you. Um, and let me just say a quick word here. Um, Sue Stipe uh, passed away this week, and uh, we're, we're, we're sad for her loss. We're sad especially for her family, for her daughters. Um, but you know, every single one of us is just a testimony of the Lord's goodness. And for Sue, Sue suffered... Um, um, with loss in her life. She'd lost her husband, Jim, back in 2003. She had also lost a, a little girl who had gotten cancer when she was six and died when she was nine back in the 60s. And um, uh, Sue knew suffering. Um, she knew what it was to suffer. She knew her daughter uh, passed in, in really a, a really terrible way. And, and uh, um, Sue, with uh, some of her ailments, had suffered for uh, 20, 27 years, um, had really suffered as well. But she was a strong woman, incredible, incredibly strong, never complained. You never heard her complain about her condition or her loss, uh, just very strong. And, and you look and you wonder, well, how does somebody do that? How does someone um, suffer? And, and even, you know, you could see her suffering from the outside, but there was suffering that she had experienced on the inside too that you, you couldn't see. And unless you knew her well, um, you would never know because she wouldn't talk about it. But you also couldn't tell it from her. How, how does someone overcome all that and keep, keep going? Uh, it's only under the, the shadow of the love of the Lord, you know, just confidence in him that, uh, that, uh, his, that her daughter was taken care of, that, that she would be healed ultimately, that she would be reunited with her husband again, and, and she's there today, amen? And uh, we just rejoice in that fact, and we've learned, you know, we learned from every one of you guys um, how to follow the Lord well, how to serve him well, and, uh, and we learned this from Sue as well. So uh, it's with a heavy heart that we say so long for now, but we look forward to seeing her again one day at the presence of our Father who loves us so very much. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's see. Children, kids, if you would like four years old to fourth grade about, if you'd like to go, children, uh, Brenda's has uh, double duty today. She's uh, doing children's church also today. So if you'd like to be dismissed for children's church, you can do that. And um, in the meantime, for those of you who are older than fourth grade, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, if you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning. Take care of a little business here while you're turning there. We'll be talking again this morning about spiritual leadership, and uh, I wanted to just go back. I was gone last week. Again, appreciate you guys who helped kind of fill in, but I want to talk to you again about spiritual leadership and, and just really want to talk to you about just the importance of it today. Um, but anyway, we talked a couple of weeks ago, or, or two and three weeks ago, um, the first thing that, about spiritual leaders is that spiritual leaders have to recognize that God intends good from our suffering. One of the things that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians is he says, our suffering was for your benefit. Uh, our suffering was for you. That's one of the things that we have to do as spiritual leaders. We have to know that the suffering that we face in the Lord also comes with some comfort from the Lord. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, the comfort we've received we want to pass God's comfort on to you. And as we've walked through difficulty, I want to show you how we received and how we were able to put one foot in front of the other and continue on. It was because the comfort that we received from the Lord. And he recognized that our suffering is so that you might learn how to walk with the Lord through trouble and through hardship and to know his comfort and his goodness. Amen. Uh, and then we also talked a couple of weeks ago about um, spiritual leaders correct spiritual issues. The Apostle Paul was having to go and having to write and having to go in, in person and deal with issues that were going on in the, in the church in Corinth. Um, spiritual leaders, you know, you can't let things go uh, that are spiritual issues. Now, and we talked about this in, in, in some detail, um, you've got to be gentle. 
you've got to come knowing that you too are a sinner and that you don't stand in the place of God that you and I can sit and judge and say, you've got to take care of this sin and 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 this sin. You know, where does it end? Um, one of the things we talked about is how do you know what sins to deal with? It's the ones that are really interruptive of relationships. And it's the ones that especially are interruptive with people's relationships with the world. It's sexual sins. It's greed. Um, it's impurities. Those kinds of things have to be dealt with. And those have to be dealt with with our children. They have to be dealt with in our homes. They have to be dealt with in church. Anywhere that you exercise spiritual leadership, um, if you're a parent, if you're a husband, if you're a father, if you're a mother, if you're a coworker amongst friends at your workplace, amongst believers, but especially in the church, those things have to be dealt with, and we can't just let those things go. The next thing is, is that spiritual leaders know that the goal is lives changed by Christ. Listen, um, just really simply, the reason we're here today, the reason that we get together, the reason that you know the worship team prepares, the reason the guys in the back are there, the reason we have Sunday school teachers are here, the reason why I prepare a sermon, the reason why uh, people do everything to get ready. You know, the reason we have bulletins, the reason we do all of this stuff, the reason we pay the bills to keep the lights on is so your, your life and my life might be changed by the, by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is nothing short than, of that. I want to see my life change. I want to see your life change by the impact of the gospel in your life. Amen. By the impact of knowing that God loved you so much, he crucified his son for you that he would take up all of the punishment for your sin and you could receive, instead of punishment, you could receive grace and love and acceptance by your heavenly Father. That's why we're here, amen? All right, all right, let's continue on then. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 3, let's get through this a little bit. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, let me tell you what Paul's doing. Paul's having to, to explain himself and defend himself because there is in Corinth at the time of his writing, and they've been there for a while now, but there are some false teachers there. And so Paul's having to go and, and, and defend his own ministry. He's having to defend the gospel that he's presented. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous if you think about it. There are some false teachers there in Corinth that are telling, apparently telling the Corinthians, well, we've got, better, um, we've got, we've got, we've got more important, impressive people that have, that have kind of you know, signed off on our message, on our teaching. And Paul's having to go back again and again and again and say, no, the message that I gave you, is greater than any message you've received. And apparently there are some who are Jewish uh, leaders who are trying to keep folks into following the Jewish law there in Corinth because listen to what he says. Here's the message. He's talking about the message. He's going to compare. He's going to say, the message I gave you is this new covenant that comes through Jesus Christ. The old covenant, and he's going to make the argument, the, the old covenant isn't as good. It's not as good a deal, and it's fading away. And he says, but the new covenant is glorious. It is marvelous. And so here we go. In, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to begin in verse 7. Now, if the ministry that brought death, he's talking about the Old Testament, um, the Old Testament, uh, the Old Covenant, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not steadily look at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was. Let me pause there mid-sentence. What had happened when Moses came down from the mountain after he had received the Ten Commandments, you remember what happened? His face shone. And everyone was a little freaked out, right? It was a little scary. Now, imagine if your face, what, what's the word, iridesced? I, I don't know how to say that with a verb, but uh, I, imagine if your face shone, people would be a little caught off guard. Be like, oh, well, you know, you have a natural glow today. Well, this was more than that, apparently. It, it was, people were a little freaked out. And so Moses put on a veil. 
but anyway, um, but here's what it says. So Moses came down after being in the presence of God, so touched was he by the presence of God that when he came back down the mountain, his face was still showing from the glory of God. Pretty amazing stuff, isn't it? Verse 8, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? So the, the, the ministry of the Spirit, the new covenant, is even more glorious than the glory of the old covenant. If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? You have right there in just beautiful language this incredible contrast between the Old Covenant or the Old Testament, the law, and the New Covenant that is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Old Covenant condemned men because you and I could never meet the standards of God. We could never get there. Try as you may, and generation after generation after generation of the Israelites proved it over and over and over again. No one can come close to meeting God's standards. All of us fall short. Amen? All of us fall short of God's standards. But he says this about the new covenant. He says, it brings righteousness. The old covenant could never make you righteous. and matter of fact, it condemned you because you could never get there. You could never measure up. But the new covenant brings righteousness. And where does that righteousness come from? It, become, it comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died, took on all your sin, all the impurity, all the lust, all the, all the things that you and I struggle with, all of that was paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we were declared by the death of Jesus Christ through our faith in what he did, we're declared not guilty but righteous before God. That means that we can stand before God with no accusation anymore against us, whole and pure as if we had never sinned at all, as if we had Jesus' life. The word is imputed on us, as, 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 if, as if Jesus' life is put on us, and that's what God sees when he looks at us, and as it, it is if, as if we were in right standing with him right now. Amen? This is good news. This is the, this is the new covenant. That's why it's, that's why it's more glorious. For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? In other words, the glory of this new covenant, it will last through all of eternity. The old covenant is coming to a close and the new covenant has started and it will never end. In other words, you and I will be in the favor of God. He will always have his love and his face shown toward us. We will always be in his favor from the moment that we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ throughout all of eternity. His love for us because of the Lord Jesus Christ will never end. This is good news for me. This is good news for you, right? Because you and I stumble and we mess up and we fall back into sin and we fall back into fears and we fall back into anxieties and we don't trust God the way that we should. But no matter what, his love for us will never fail. And his grace for us is greater than all of our sins. The one you've committed up till now and the ones that you'll commit for the rest of your life as you struggle with sin in this body until one day we see him face to face and we're done with the struggles of this life, including all of our sins. And his love and this new covenant will last for all eternity. Pretty good deal, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty good deal. Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. This is, this is Paul now talking about his ministry and his, his brothers that are there with him who've come and ministered in Corinth, and he's sent some of those guys back with some of these letters and sent them to visit with him. And he says, because of this new covenant, because of the, the confidence that we have that of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we are very bold. Listen, we live in a time frame where Christianity is just on the ropes in, in regard to public opinion, right? Uh, you can be anything, it seems like, in our society, but, a, but an evangelical Christian 
You know, it, 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 you're, you're better thought of in our society right now if you're Hindu or Buddhist or Muslim. But, man, if you're an evangelical Christian, uh, man, it's, it's just hardly acceptable today, isn't it? But here's the truth. This gospel and this covenant that we've come to believe in, its glory will last for all eternity. And one day, everything that set itself up against the plan of God and his plan of salvation through the, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ it will all be proven false, except, that's right, except for the gospel will be shown that it is true, that Jesus Christ really is the center of the story, the crux of the story of the universe. It is all about him. It's all about him redeeming people, bringing folks into, the, into salvation. And uh, boy, I could go on and on there, but let's, let's keep going. This, this isn't really the sermon yet. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But Paul says something interesting here. It wasn't just to cover up his face for people from being scared, but, but also he says that something interesting. He says that he kept it on his face to, so that people couldn't see his glory fading. This is, a, this is a beautiful word picture, isn't it? He says, the glory of the old covenant, just like Moses' face faded and became normal again, the, the glory of that old covenant faded away until God's real purpose, what he really desired, what he'd been foreshadowing in the Old Testament really happened in this historical uh, incredible event where Jesus Christ came, laid his life down for the sins of man, and was resurrected three days later. Amen? Okay. Uh, the veil, re- okay. But their minds were made dull, for to this, very, to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. In other words, what he's saying, when people hear the Old Testament, the old covenant, when people hear it, they're still under the delusion. They're still, they're still controlled by it today. It's like there's a veil over their eyes, and they can't see the glory of Christ. All they can see is the old covenant. They can't see the glory of the new covenant. Um, it is taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. Verse 16, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Has the veil been taken away for you? Do you understand what we're talking about here? Do you understand the glory of what I'm talking about here? Listen, this is something that, that, that maybe not, doesn't make a lot of sense to you until the Holy Spirit comes and does, starts to do his work to change your mind and put in your heart that the, the understanding is this makes sense. The God who loves me couldn't stand to see me put away, and so he sent his son for me to die so that I might receive salvation. Now, I couldn't die for my own sin because I was already guilty. Someone else had to do it. Someone else had to do it, and the only one who could was the one who is pure and holy and perfect, the Lord Jesus Christ. There was only one, and who is pure and holy and perfect? There is only one. That is God himself. God himself had to make himself the sacrifice for sins for mankind. It makes perfect sense, right? Now, yeah, okay, we'll talk about that another time. But anyway, it does make perfect sense. It's an incredible story of this heroic God that we serve, amen? Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay, I wish we weren't so uptight, but I wish when I read that, that you would all get up and dance in the aisles, honestly, really. Where the, now, the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, now, I, I'm, I'm kind of uptight like that, to be real honest. I'm not a good dancer. I know that's probably surprising to you. I, I'm glad you're sitting, because otherwise you might have fallen down when I said that, really, honestly, not really. Um, but anyway, let me, let me go off on this just for a little bit. Um, because of Jesus Christ, you and I are free from trying to meet standards of God that we could never meet, right? Anybody grow up with a really tough dad? Now, if he's here with you, don't raise your hands. Yeah, 
Chris Buck immediately. Oh, he, oh, look, April and Amber too. Oh, he was terrible. Are you kidding me? Grew up with a really tough dad who it didn't matter what you did, it was never good enough. Listen, that must have been what it was like under the old covenant. That must have been what it was like. Is that you, you were never good enough. You could never measure up. You could never get there. How binding, how constraining, how, how difficult that must have been. But let me tell you, because of what Jesus Christ has done, you're, and I, we're freed from that. I don't have to reach to attain the law anymore because it's been done for me because Jesus Christ has done it and he's given me now, he's given me his life. Um, we're free from trying to earn God's favor. You, you, you know, uh, for, for, uh, throughout all of the Old Testament history, God just loved his people, but they were never really good enough to carry it on for very long. They, they were never good enough to be able to, to hold on to his favor and hold on to his goodness. And you and I are free from having to earn his favor. We just have it now. When you come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're adopted into his family. He says, I want you here. I want you in my presence. I want you as my son. I want you as my daughter. And I accept you and I forgive you. And you're here in my place. And you, you have my favor. You have my love and no one will ever ever take it away, and there's nothing you can do to lose it. Amen? All right, all right. Okay, and then the next thing maybe I talk about freedom is that we're free from the endless cycle of covering over sins. You remember in the Old Testament, there was, they had to go in, and there were different sacrifices, and there were different offerings that they had to make, and every year they had to venture to the temple, and they had to go bring some of the best of their livestock, or they had to go buy some, of the, some, uh, some pure and, and, uh, and, and spotless animal to be sacrificed. And they had to go and they had to do that year after year after generation after generation. And after uh, time after time, sacrifice had to be made. And there was all this constant sin, 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 covering. Sin, 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 covering. Sin, sin. And there was no end to it until God brought the Lamb of God who he sacrificed on behalf of people. And which John the Baptist said when he saw the Lord Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of man, right? He became the sacrifice once and for all so that there was no more needs for sacrifice, and we are free from that, amen? And so the the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We are free because Jesus met God's standards for us. We are free because Jesus earned God's favor for us. We are free because he covered over all of our sin. And now where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's another place that Paul writes, and he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I love that. It's, he's, he basically, he's basically saying it's because he wanted his people to be free from all those things that bound them up. He wanted them to experience the freedom of it all um, that he set them free. He wanted us to experience the freedom that would come in the Lord Jesus Christ. It really makes me think of dancing when I hear this. You know, it really makes me think of that. Uh, it, it really makes me think of people who've been bound by all these things for all this time, and the Lord Jesus comes, and, and he breaks the chains, and he breaks the bonds, and he says, I want to see you set free. I, I want to see you living in the freedom that comes from, from me. That is, it's a beautiful, beautiful, godly thing. Grayson, are you here to see if the kids are ready? Would you go and tell Brenda that we're ready? Thank you, buddy. You are now. Okay. All right. You know what? We didn't get to spiritual leadership today, but I'm okay with that. You want to do that next week? Let's do something better today. You want to? Let's have a little baptism. Carl and, and Gregory, if you guys want to go on back, and, um, and let me, let me, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and finish this, but we're not going to talk about spiritual leadership. I'm going to finish with verse 18 because it's just that good. Are you ready? Verse 18, and we, 
who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes, I don't know why I can't read all of a sudden, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. Listen, this is one of my most favorite verses in all the scripture, because what this says to me is, there is hope for me yet. You know what I'm saying? Basically, what he's saying is that, you you know, here's the deal. I struggle with sin. You struggle with sin, right? Something wrong with us, right? It's called the sin nature, and it's not done with until this body's done with. But here's the hope, is that by walking with Jesus Christ, my life is forever changed. The day that I prayed and had faith in him, the day that I came into his kingdom, the day that he accepted me into his family, from that moment forward, everything changed for me. Now, God's desire is that everyone who would come to him would be and act and look just like him. Now, I don't mean in personality. I mean in character. I mean in a desire for purity. I mean in a a desire to to do what Jesus did and to love what Jesus loved and to be and to act just like him. And there's hope for you and I yet that we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. I I love that verse. I, I love it. That's just beautiful stuff. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to talk about spiritual leadership next week. Today, we got to talk a little bit about freedom. How about that? You guys are, we're all free. If you've come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, if, if you've come to know him, you don't have to earn God's favor. You don't have to worry about what he's going to do to you the next time you sin because what's, what was going to be done, that punishment has already been carried out in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and I are free from that condemnation. We're free from guilt, and we're free from shame for our sins. Amen? We're also free from trying to, set, to, to, to uh, stand up to God's standards when we couldn't do it anyway. Uh, there's good news for us. We are free. Amen? All right. I, I wish really one time when I would say that you would just start dancing around the sanctuary. That would be okay. That would be all right. Okay. Anyway, well, let's pray, and then uh, we're going to enjoy some time here for, uh, for Carl to get to baptize his son, Gregory Hernandez. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you, Lord God, that we have freedom in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, that you have put away all of our sin. We thank you, Lord God, that that you met the standard that we couldn't meet. And so that now, Lord God, we can walk around in freedom and and just enjoy that relationship that we have with you, knowing that you're not some taskmaster who's who's demanding better performance out of us. But no, instead, you're more like the Father who looks to us and says, Ah, my child, I, I love you. I've, I've accepted you. I, I know your weaknesses. I, I know your struggles, but I love you, and I've carried you into my family anyway. I've chosen you. I've selected you, and now just be free in my love. What, what a story. What an amazing God we serve. Amen? What an amazing God we serve. Amen. All right. Well, all right. Well, uh, let's see. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present to you uh, Carl Buck, and uh, yeah, go ahead, and Jamie, if you, have, if you raise the screen. Um, and uh, Gregory Hernandez. So. Let me let me uh, let me tell you. I, was, I had Jamie do this because I knew I would struggle with it. Oh yeah, there we go. Free and proud of his decision to ask the Lord Jesus into his heart, and uh, and and to have the. I tell you what, it's funny talking to you know different kids uh, or different adults whenever you talk to them about what it means for them to come to Christ. Boy, for Gregory, man, it is all about having that confidence in the Lord that that he. 
will be with him and that he will, you know, just the security of knowing the Lord. That's important to him. It's a beautiful thing as I get to, to visit with him in April about it. Just a beautiful thing. And the confidence that we do, that we all can have in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to take care of us in this life and the next. And, and to see just that beautiful understanding that Gregory has it, that he knows the Lord's goodness and he wants him in his life. It, just a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. So um, anyway, um, let's see. I'm going to let you guys dismiss. I'll ask, uh, um, let's see, Jamie, would you mind praying for us to be dismissed, but I did want to remind you, um, if you guys wouldn't mind, we're going to try to clear back the chairs and set up tables in here for tonight immediately after. You guys are going to hug Gregory's neck and congratulate Carl and, and Carlos and April. And um, so, April, whenever they're done here, would you guys just kind of come stand up here and people want to hug your neck and whatnot? And, um, and uh, then, let's see, at 3.30, we're going to set up games and 5 o'clock for our fall festival this evening. So, anyway, you guys are all welcome to come. We'll, we'll just love to see you this evening. And, uh, and come on, and what else do I need to say? I've probably said enough. I'll let Jamie. Okay, you all stand with me, and we'll be dismissed. Let's, uh, let's let, let Jamie pray for us.